0: Space, the Final Frontier In February 2019, the U.S. Space Force was established as a sixth military branch. Contrary to common opinion, this was not a snap decision, but had been debated within the national security circles for over ten years before Congress directed formation of the Space Force. The Space Policy Directive signed by President Trump clearly recognizes space as a domain of military operations alongside of the land, sea, and air domains. Land power, sea power, air power, and now space power. The next few podcasts will discuss space power and the need for a specific space power theory to complement the theories of land power, sea power, and air power. Colonel Robert Waring of the Army War College and Colonel Jason Altieri of the Air War College will be joining me to help develop ideas about space power and what that theory should address. Unlike previous podcasts, these will not be strictly scripted and we'll be learning together through these discussions. To begin, we need to understand what we mean by space power, or rather what we don't mean. We're not talking about Starfleet, Star Destroyers, or battle stars. We're talking about things you may already be familiar with, such as satellites and how the space-based and ground-based systems interact with land, sea, and air power to achieve our national security objectives. Although the Space Force is a new creation, military space operations are not. The military use of space goes back to the United States' first satellite launches. And includes satellite communications, reconnaissance satellites, early warning, weather, and space-based navigation such as GPS. Each service developed space operations to best support dominance in its own domain. In 1982, the Air Force created a space command to centralize missile warning and space launch operations. In 2019, this organization became the United States Space Force. Since the official establishment of the U.S. Space Force, its leadership has been working to develop doctrine appropriate to the new domain. Now each service has its own doctrine, which describes the best practices for employing people and equipment in specific ways to achieve specific outcomes or objectives. The space force needs its own doctrine to describe its particular role in supporting national security strategy, both alongside and now independently of the other services operating in their own domains. Last month, Chief of Space Operations General J. Raymond reported to Congress that space war doctrine will be ready in the next few months. However, in each of the other domains, doctrine derives from a theory of war appropriate to that domain. The challenge of our new Space Force is that doctrine is being developed without a theory appropriate to the space domain. The great philosopher of war Karl von Clausewitz, affectionately known as Uncle Karl in the Army War College, wrote that military theory provides the framework for applying military power. Doctrine without theory can be aimless. Good practices, even when flawlessly executed, may be ineffective or inappropriate outside of an overarching framework. Military theory is a way of looking at things theory identifies the essential and enduring properties that characterize a specific domain of military power, distinguishes it from the other domains, and describes the essential role that domain of military power exercises in achieving the objective or end state of war. I'm going to say that again, because in one form or another it will be the recurring theme of these podcasts and our desired end state for space power theory. Theory identifies the essential and enduring properties that characterize a specific domain of military power, distinguishes it from other domains, and describes the essential role that domain of military power exercises in achieving the objective or end state of war. If properly developed, military theory, both overarching strategic theory and theories for each domain of military operations will drive doctrine, equipment, and organization. The enduring nature of that framework can be seen when we look at the recognized theorists of land power, sea power, and air power. They each wrote at a time of great transition, what some might call a revolution in military affairs. Clausewitz and Baron Antoine-Henri de Jomini wrote in the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars, Jomini was a Swiss officer who fought for Napoleon, while Clausewitz was a Prussian officer who fought against Napoleon, and they both wound up fighting against Napoleon in Russian service. The American Admiral Alfred Thayer Mahan and the British academic Sir Julian Corbett developed theories of sea power as the world navies were making the transition from sail to steam. Generals Giulio Douay, an Italian, and Billy Mitchell, an American, developed their air power theories in the shadow of the first world war when the airplane just started to demonstrate its potential for land and sea power the theorists primarily drew from examples predating their particular military technical revolutions and examined them in the light of recent developments to draw concepts that would continue to apply in the future in fact These theories continue to shape doctrine for land and sea operations to this day. They continue to provide useful frameworks to exploit changes and even revolutionary developments in military technology, and for the different political systems which land and sea power serve. For example, Clausewitz's writings shaped the military theory in Imperial Germany, the Soviet Union, Communist China, and in the U.S. war colleges today. Air power theory was a little different, because there was no corpus of military history in the air power domain. Instead, Dewey and Mitchell drew from their understanding of strategic theory to identify the unique way that air power could contribute to achieving strategic success, a contribution fundamentally different than that of land power and sea power. At the same time, they had to recognize the potential contributions of air power to the other domains. In this way, Space power theory will be more like the development of air power theory, unique in itself, but intimately tied to the other domains. It's also coming at a similar moment in time as the value of space operations is beginning to be understood as a force multiplier for other domains, while also showing potential for decisive effect far beyond its current proven utility. There is another parallel between space power and air power. Although the Space Policy Directive signed by President Trump states that the Space Force is a sixth military arm, that's not technically correct. No disrespect to the U.S. Marine Corps, but they are part of the Department of the Navy and the Coast Guard isn't even in the Department of Defense except in times of declared war. Similarly, the Space Force isn't yet a separate service with its own service secretary. It still falls under the Department of the Air Force. In this way, it's more like the status of the Army Air Forces in World War II, a separate service, but still, until 1947, part of the Department of the Army, or as was called then, the War Department. Like air power, when still tied to the Army, the best time to develop space power theory may be right now, so that when it becomes a true independent service, it will be ready to provide the greatest contribution to our national defense. So, how will we go about this discussion? Well, after this introduction, we're going to discuss military theory in each of the other domains. We're going to look at what makes them similar to one another, and how each makes a unique contribution to strategic military theory. The podcasts will look at land power, sea power, and then air power, with each podcast ending with some ideas about what we can draw from that for space power. The final podcast will identify what is common among these as the baseline for space power doctrine, what is unique about space power when compared to the other domains, and how space power complements these domains to achieve the goals of overarching strategic theory. These podcasts will not conclude with a complete space power theory. It represents a beginning the collective intent for our little council of retired colonels will be to point out the things that a useful space power theory must address, a framework for the framework. I think that this will be fun, and I hope that you'll stick with us for our discussions, even if we're not going to talk about phasers and lightsabers. Please come back.